This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest, Jeanette Robinson. She is the host of Blue Lakes Capital Ready to Scale Real Estate Investing Podcast, as well as the Director of Investor Relations for Blue Lake Capital. Jeanette, welcome onto the show. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much, Allison. It's an honor to be here. And we're really excited to be talking to you today, Jeanette. If you don't care, I'm going to share a little bit about you and kind of your story. You joined Blue Lake as its first employee, which I'm really excited to hear a little bit about that. And we'll get started in in that in a minute. But you bring an extensive background in technology startups, nonprofit and donor relations and executive recruiting. You've built this amazing career track as a single mother of four children against some really hard odds. And we're going to dive into a little bit more about your story and just what you've been able to accomplish while dealing with some tough personal challenges. But before we get started in that, I have to ask our signature question that I ask all of the guests who join me on The Real View podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? You know, that's a great question. And I have a really simple answer. It's seeing my children laugh. Oh, my children happy. Oh, I love that. That's a perfect, simplified, sums it all up type of answer. Very, very cool. Okay, well, let's dive in um, a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself, how you got started in real estate, you know, joining the Blue Lake Capital, your career path. Tell us a little bit about what that's looked like in your journey and maybe a little bit more about what you do now at Blue Lake Capital. Kind of a wild ride. So put your uh, seatbelt on. It's really ironic. I've been a single mom for a really long time. I have four children. At the time, I had uh, my three daughters living with me. My son's a little older and off doing his thing. But this was back in 2018, I believe. I had been, as you mentioned, just involved in an assortment of different businesses. But basically, I ran a technology startup company for about three and a half years while also working full-time at my W-2, which was an executive headhunting. And I'd spent years giving people advice about how to structure their careers and develop their careers. And then the music just kind of stopped for me. My daughter, at the age of 14, became very, very seriously ill to the extent that when she was hospitalized for the first time, she was diagnosed with two different autoimmune diseases in the same week, which was just absolutely mind-blowing. And it really made my future completely unpredictable. I didn't know how long she would be in the hospital, but I knew that our lives had really changed. And I actually resigned from my job and thought that my career was torched at that point. 
which was really hard for me. You know, not only was I devastated about what was happening to my daughter, but it was also very difficult after having worked so hard as a single mom to really build a stellar career to feel like all of a sudden it was gone. And I was going to have to just kind of put all of that on the back burner. So it was a really challenging time in life. So I resigned from my position and I was in the hospital with my daughter and I was reassessing options of what I was going to do to find a way to still be able to provide for my children and have to get creative in basically carrying my career forward somehow from a hospital room. And, you know, this is before COVID. Uh, Remote work was not nearly as common, especially not at the salary level that I was going to need to be able to provide for my children, my options were were really limited. And it was a very, very challenging time. So thankfully, I ended up actually stumbling into Ellie Perlman, who is the CEO of Blue Lake Capital. And she was hiring for a marketing specialist, actually, which admittedly, I was grossly overqualified for the position. But given the fact that she had her startup company, at that point, my startup background combined with marketing, combined with a whole lot of other things that I had done, it was just a really good fit. And it's so funny because I always tell people that I was the hardest part about the decision for me was that I didn't want to be associated with real estate. I had a very negative connotation of it and really very limited understanding really of the industry as a whole. I just had this bad impression from hearing about people that had been swindled and things like that. And so, you know, I was really hesitant actually to take the position at first. And it was very challenging, especially because I was coming in from a marketing standpoint. So how do you market something you don't like? I joked with Ellie that if she could get me to drink the Kool-Aid and get me to see the light, that then I could get anybody to do that if she could actually convert me first. It was quite an adventure, but I ended up partnering up with Ellie and ultimately became the director of marketing and then pivoted to director of marketing and director of investor relations. And it's just been great to see our team scale out. And a lot of this happened while my daughter and I lived in and out of hospitals for several years. That is, it's just really amazing to think, you know, that you were able to still find this amazing career despite going through what you were dealing with. Tell us a little bit about what your role is now at Blue Lake Capital and a little bit about what you guys do and maybe how you ended up eventually falling in love with real estate, which it sounds like you do or at least have changed your initial mindset around it. Tell us about what that was like and a little bit about what you all do now. So what we do is we specialize in uh, multifamily value-add investments. So we syndicate our deals and we pull together a whole lot of investors to make these things possible. That's, I think, what really kind of initially helped me to really have an attitude adjustment. So the first thing is I was interacting with investors. And that means that every day I have the opportunity to talk to incredibly successful, smart people. That's fantastic. What did all these successful and smart people have in common? Real estate investing. That really opened my eyes and helped me per se see the light about the fact that real estate can truly be transformative in people's lives anybody's life. That's one of the things I love about it. You don't have to have a PhD. You may not have a lot of money when you get started, but really the opportunity is there for anyone that recognizes it and wants to seize it. And that I think is very significant. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I don't think we've talked about this perspective on the show before is that it can really be something that anyone can learn. And I think that is the really cool thing about it in the limits are almost non-existent on where you can take it. And I love that you found that too. And so do you think your perspective has changed from where you started in, in the beginning to now? 
Oh, dramatically. And thankfully, thankfully, I was an idiot. I'm so, <laughs> glad. I'm so glad that I see this now. That's one thing that really changed my perspective about it. The second thing that really changed my perspective about it is passive having passive income, what a difference that can make in people's lives. And then also the ability to use that passive income and to grow it and to build it into a way that you can actually potentially really create wealth for your family. One of the things I didn't touch on yet, because it's a lot to swallow all in one story, is that my other daughter, I have my daughter at the time, you know, that got sick was 14, but I have another daughter who was born with a very rare syndrome called enlarged vestibular aqueduct syndrome, which causes people to go progressively deaf, permanently deaf. So I've been watching my other daughter throughout the course of her life lose her hearing slowly but surely over time, which I thought was already one of the biggest challenges somebody could face. And then on top of that, my other daughter became very sick with autoimmune diseases. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. As a mother, when I looked at my future, it was no longer about, oh, I just want to plan for my retirement. It was like, okay, I have four children. And of my four children, two of them legally are now disabled. How am I going to financially supplement them throughout adulthood? Something I never thought I would have to think about or anticipate. And that goal alone can seem so lofty and so overwhelming. But look at real estate. So real estate is actually the key. It's the solution. It's where I can create enough passive income streams that not only can I hopefully grow enough wealth to put into place, ideally, a trust fund of some sort that can help supplement and support my children throughout their adult life. But also, you know, ideally, I want to make sure that I can grow that and continue to grow that hopefully for the next generation and the one following that. But more than anything, my goal is to keep my children from ever having to be desperate and that is the power of real estate. It's one of the very few vehicles that can actually realistically do that. That's so amazing. And I just love how you went right into mama bear mode, like no time to, and I'm sure you were stressed out and dealing with the emotions and the news of your children dealing with these health problems, but you just went into right, you went into mode of like, we're going to deal with this. We're going to figure it out. I'm got to, I got to do this for my kids. We'll deal with the rest of that later. And I just think that is so true for many of our realtors who are women and mothers that they kind of just go into that power mode and you just, you do it because you have to do it and there's no other choice. But how did you deal, you know, kind of with all of this? Was it just that instinct that took over? Just like, how did you really set in motion, you know, the wheels to do this? Or what advice would you have for our realtors, you know, if they're dealing with a similar situation with something like this, how to best prepare yourself for a situa situation like this? And who knows if you can ever really truly prepare yourself, right? But, but talk us through your process of how you kind of were able to juggle both being that mom and being there for your children and then being the successful businesswoman. Yeah, great point. So first of all, you're right. You do what you have to do. So there really is not anything per se commendable about it because any parent would do it, any good parent, frankly, right? You do what you have to do for your children, period. Was it easy? Absolutely not. I'm not a robot. I don't lack emotion. There were many, many, many tears along the way for sure, but you always get back up and you always keep going because you must, you have to. But there's a few things now that we've been through this for about five, five and a half years down the road that I have learned from it that have been incredibly valuable. So the first thing is I'll kind of start with problem shaming. So I think sometimes people think, oh, well, at least I don't have her problems. You know what I mean? 
And sure, I could look at somebody else and say, well, at least I don't have their problems. Or that's not the point. And I think when people get into that type of mindset, that's the wrong place to be, period. Because stress is relative for everybody. And maybe what someone considers very stressful that I would think is not stressful at all, given the comparison of maybe our lives, that's not really a fair way to, quote, compare things or think. So comparisons, throw those out the window. And that was really hard for me to do because I was just obsessed for a little while of wanting my children to have normal lives. And it was clearly just not in the deck for us. It took a long time for me to accept that. And my mom finally said to me, you know, Jeanette, normal is a setting on the dryer. That's it. There's nothing else in life that's normal or defined. Learning to let that go was really important. So I think that, you know, throwing comparison out the window is a must. My first piece of advice. Second to that, and I can't emphasize this enough. Yes, it took a lot of practice and still not, you know, a pro at it. But the reality is, is that stress is a perspective. If you look at something and you believe that it's stressful, it is going to be stressful. If you look at something and you believe it's a nightmare, it's going to be a nightmare. If you all you see are the negatives, all you will feel are the negatives and you will lose sight of all of the other things that are part of that that could be very positive, that could be opportunities. There's a big difference between what happens to you, right? And how you respond to it. So when you recognize, first and foremost, that your own perspective is the first thing in the situation you can actually control, that's very powerful. And learning to recognize that if I feel stressed out, I am the one making myself feel stressed out. Therefore, I also have the power to stop feeling stressed out. Just framing it that way and recognizing that stress is a perspective. And if you feel stressed, change your perspective. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. That's so true. And I think, you know, one of the things with stress too is that when you get through whatever you're stressed about, a lot of the times it wasn't even that bad. And you're like, <laughs> I spent all this time, anxiety, stress, hyping myself up, working myself up over something. And then you get through it and you're like, oh, why did I just waste all that energy on being so stressed? And you're right. It is all about your mindset and how you approach it. And the attitude that you bring into something, I think, is so important. So I love that you touched on that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. The second piece of advice that I would say, I'm bullheaded, right? If there's a problem, I'm just going to drill right after it. I'm just going to go straight after it. And I think the reason why that's very important is because you, you have to really be able to face the reality of the situations that you're dealing with in order to counterbalance them. So if you have a lot of negative things happening in your life, you are hearing horrible things from doctors. You are witnessing awful things with your own child. You are trying to, to keep a company afloat. You're trying to reply to 6,000 emails and meet the demands and the needs of everybody. And then you're trying to take care of your other children. There's all of these pulls, 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 and they're all so much. The ability to recognize those things 
recognize what the opposite of that is that you need and create those opportunities to provide yourself with that counterbalance, if you will, is very, very important. So if you're getting a lot of negative that you're having to take in, make time for positive. Read positive, encouraging books. Listen to music that lights you up. Go for a run or whatever it is that you're into. Do some yoga, but recognize that you have the power to counterbalance the things that you don't like that are happening in your life and do everything in your power to counterbalance them as much as you can. That I think really helped save me from probably the brink of frankly losing it many, many times. <laughs> no, I think that's so true in the fact that like we can do something about it. And a lot of those times you feel so helpless. And I'm sure you felt that way too. As you mentioned, you're getting all this stuff thrown at you and it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I going to deal with all of this? But you can in just a different way. And it can be so simple. Like you said, listening to your favorite music, listening to podcasts, reading. I just love that we are able, you feel so helpless sometimes. And then you got to remind yourself that we are able to come out of this and we are able to deal with it. it. may not be in the ways that we want. You're not able to change, you know, what these doctors are telling you, but we can change how we react to it. And I think that is such a good thing to remember is that we can still do something about these terrible times that we're facing. And I think it's too, we got to just give a shout out to moms, <laughs> especially in our in our real estate industry, because I know so many are women. I believe 65% of our members are women and many of them have children. And just that we even can juggle all of this on an easy day is really amazing that we're keeping these businesses spinning and our kids happy and healthy. And really, I want to, you know, shout out that because I think it's something that deserves more credit and, and um, goes unnoticed a lot. And, and even when we have superhero moms like you, when you're dealing with just so much, hearing your story is so important that you can inspire other women to let them know we can do it all. And it's, it's that question, you know, can women really do it all? What do you think? What's your perspective on that? Can we have it all? Can we have the family and the career and, and all of this stuff? What's your perspective on that? There's a yet another twist, right, to my story, of course. We're living in and out of the hospital to the point that my daughter actually missed all of high school. She was homebound. When she was in the hospital, we were just at home. And when we were home, we were at doctor's offices three or four times a week. Like, it was just crazy. It was really, really bad to the point that she actually got evaluated for a bone marrow transplant. At the time, we were living in San Antonio, Texas, and I was taking her to Houston, Texas to get worked up for this bone marrow transplant, potentially, that ultimately they decided not to do. We were crushed. We had, you know, kind of really built our hope up into the idea that maybe we had found a cure for the incurable at great risk, but at risk that ultimately, you know, the hospital felt was too risky. In that moment, for me, something happened. And basically, in that moment, I decided that I was no longer going to try to save her life. I wanted her to live it. And that conviction also was part of what really helped change my perspective. And I'll tie this all back to where you're going with this, which is, can we have it all? When my obsession became making sure that she could live her life, I also, right around that time, was hit by a request that I definitely did not expect. And it was by our CEO, Ellie Perlman, who's awesome, by the way. She wanted to know if I would be open to moving to Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> from Texas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was time in the company at this point. We hadn't really scaled out the team a lot. At this point, there was maybe about four people on the team, maybe five people. But, you know, it was really time to scale the business to the next level, which when you have a startup company, being able to scale in a sustainable manner is, is critical, it's key. And it was time, indeed, to scale the company to the next level. Having to 
wrestle with the decision about leaving Texas, moving all the way across the country. I mean, at the time, I think I was 40 time in your life that you don't want to just start all over. And we've already been through so much at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, now start all over again. But when I took a step back and thought about the decision, it was very easy to make it. Because what I thought about is we tell our kids they can do anything. We encourage them to be bold. We encourage them to to dream big. We do all kinds of things. We tell them all kinds of things. This was my moment to show it. This was my moment to really lead by example. Not that I hadn't already enough led by example, but it was one of those decisions that required the courage that you need, that you often need to really kick yourself to the next level. So it wasn't just a question of, am I going to do this because it's going to be great for my career? Sure. But that wasn't the point. The point was, it's going to be great for my family. And it is going to be an example to my children of how to be brave, how to get out of your comfort zone, and how to be bold and go for those big goals and go for it with all you've got. So I did. I moved across the country, was kind of shocked because I thought like all my girls would want to come with me and they didn't. <laughs> and then my two youngest girls, daughters, which are in high school now, moved in uh, with my ex-husband, my oldest daughter, the one that had been sick. You know, she was still sick, but she got her first apartment. She was 18. So she got her first apartment in Austin, Texas. And that was what I wanted. I wanted to see her living her life. Even if it was complicated, she was doing it. And I moved across the country to Boston, Massachusetts. And it's been super exciting seeing the, the team scale out. I'm proud of the decision I've made. My kids are proud of me. And that's actually something too that I think as parents, we often feel like our kids are are not grateful. They take things for granted. They have no idea how hard we work, how much we sacrifice. But you know what? They do know. They do know. Your kids do know. And I think especially as they get older, they start to appreciate and respect that a lot more. And those examples... In the moment, it may not feel like they care, but as the kids get older, I can definitely see that the influence I've wanted to have has been effective. They do know, and that means the world to me, to have my kids respect and trust me to be setting a good example for them. And so now, my just to kind of tie it all up, my oldest daughter ended up leaving Austin, Texas, because how it goes when you're 18 and you get your first apartment, that never lasts forever. Gotta go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she now lives here in Boston with me. It's just great. Things have improved so much and I'm just very grateful. So now that you've gotten to the other side, and I know you may never be in the clear with some of the things that you're dealing with, but now that you've got to this point where it seems that it's manageable and that you are thriving and that your kids are doing great, you're doing great. What is that like? What would you say to people now that you made it to the other side with that wisdom? You know, how can we get to that other side? And then what does it feel like to know that you went through this challenge face on and now here you are in a manageable position where yourself and your family are both doing great? Before, can you have it all? I don't know, but I'm going to try. And I want to live my life trying to pursue the things that are most important to me than not. So I would say that if you lead with your passion and no matter how hard it gets, your passion really won't completely fizzle out. It will carry you, as will obviously the love for your family, the love for your children, right? I would put my mama bear up against pretty much anybody. And it's grit, it's grind, it's hard. There's nothing about this that has been easy. It's really just putting your head down and putting the work in where it has to go and to continue to do it day after day after day after day. None of this happens quickly and easily, 
And the other thing that I would say is to remember that life is full of seasons. And one of the things I used to tell my daughter in the hospital was your life will not be like this forever. It feels like it will be like this forever, but it will not be like this forever. Life has seasons. Appreciate each one of them the best that you can and just choose to be happy. So important. And to know that, like you said, none of it's everlasting. Things, life change so fast. And if you're in a period where you're really down or dealing with a lot, you know, it's going to pass. You're going to get through it and you're going to move on. And we find a way. And I want to go back to to what you said about courage. I heard this the other day on something I was listening to, and it was really eye-opening. People think that courage is just being fearless. But like you mentioned, you were scared. You didn't know what it was going to be like to move and leave your family. And it's not necessarily being fearless. It's having that fear, but doing it anyway. But saying, you know, I'm not letting this fear stop me. Like, yes, I'm scared to death. I've never moved across the country in my life, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's the right move for my kids and my family. And I was like, that is such an interesting way to look at courage. And was that something that you kind of found too, is that you just had to overcome that fear. It wasn't that you were fearless, but you just said, I don't care about this fear. I'm going to push that to the side and I'm doing it because it's best for me and my family. Is that kind of your experience that you had with that too? Definitely. It was not, like I said, it was an easy decision to make because I knew it was the right decision, but it was not easy to do it. I had a wonderful network of friends and family and all kinds of support. And I had really poured myself actually into the community of San Antonio for a number of years. I had my startup company was specifically focused on veterans and military spouses. And I had really been very active in the community. I mean, I had put a lot of my heart and soul and life into that community and to leave it was very hard. Was I afraid? Absolutely. I rented a room. So here's how crazy it was for me. I rented a room in a shared house with like six other roommates because that's how they kind of do it up here in the New England area. And I didn't know the area. So I wanted to not get locked into anything until I had time to explore. But I did this all on Facebook. So as I drove across the country, I really wasn't sure if I had actually rented a legit house, a legit room, a legit anything. I wasn't sure that there was really going to be somewhere for me to park my car or sleep when I got here. Wow. You know, <laughs> I did my due diligence. I hoped it was real. Was I sure? No. Yes. I mean, I was definitely afraid, but I think that there's good fear and there's bad fear. If there's a bad fear to me is something that holds you back from something that you do desire to have. And I think when you can recognize that and push past it anyway, you will almost always be met with rewards for doing so. My biggest fear really is I don't want to make decisions in my life based off of that type of fear. Yeah, I can't do it. It's okay to be afraid. You know, it's okay to have that fear, but don't let it stop you from ever doing something that, that you have a good feeling or a good instinct about. Well, Jeanette, this was so fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and just way to go on being such an amazing mom and businesswoman. And like I said before, I think stories like yours are important to share and knowing that you stayed strong through it all, even through those tough times that have come out and, and are doing so well and your kids are doing so well, it makes me just so happy to hear. So congratulations on still being a successful person despite everything that you've been through. And thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open and honest about what you've been through and, and what challenges face our hardworking moms out there. So I really appreciate you and, and your time and sharing your story today. Well, thank you, Allison. I appreciate you as well. And keep going forward also. And for all of your listeners, keep going forward. We're all trying to do the same thing. Let's encourage each other. Let's help each other. We're all in it together. We are. And to all of our listeners, thank you all for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. 
You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.